So welcome to the very, very first episode of HD Embodied. And we are here today, myself, Rebecca Freeman. Um, I call myself the Dr. Strange of human design because there's a little bit of magic in the way that I work with human design. For those of you who are not familiar with human design, human design is a system that combines a whole bunch of different systems into one. Uh, it was created by some dude called Ra uh, he heard a voice coming through him and he channeled through this amazing thing called human design. And back in the day, back in my early days, I was an astrology nut. I loved astrology. I've read astrology since I was eight years old. And, um, and I was sitting in Bali and I, at a woman that I'd met on this trip to Bali, which was such a splenic ping, not that I knew that at the time. She said, have you heard of this thing called human design? And I looked at it and she told me it was some guy in Ibiza. He channeled it through from a, a voice. And I was like, it's a bunch of shit. Like that was my immediate reaction was that's gotta be a bunch of shit. Me too. Um, and, <laughs> and then I went through this like dark night of the soul on my knees. One of those, like, I'm sure it was stormy in my vivid imagination. It was very stormy and gloomy. And I was on the floor of my bedroom, bawling my eyes out, heartbroken, my world in tatters around me. And I was like, I'll look at that shitty system and see if that'll distract me from my life. And I fell in the rabbit hole and I realized it wasn't a shitty system. In fact, it was freakishly, freakishly, uh, like magical in real life which if you're in my field is my jam. I'm in service to impossibility. I'm all about making the impossible real. I'm all about calling the magic of the multiverse through our physical vessels into this tangible, touchable reality and having a really fucking good time doing it, right? Like I'm here for the game. I'm here for the big game. I love playing with life. I love the fact that I get a, a physical meaty, you know, fleshy suit to play around in life. And human design is essentially a roadmap to your game, right? It's this incredible tool that tells us all sorts of weird and wonderful and amazing things about being a whole collection of stardust and magic and things that we uh, may never understand in particle form in a dense reality where we can uh, bring through more and more and more magic. And human design is, is that game. And so that's how <clears throat> I work with it. And I find a lot, I work a lot with, uh, with energetics and I find a lot that human design is really this energy of permission. And so, whether I'm doing a one-on-one -on -one or whether I'm playing around with the Stardusties in my Stardust container where they go down the human design rabbit hole and play with it and get embodied with it in their lives. 
you know, I find that really what happens is permission, the, the universal yes, right? Yes, you can let go of that thing now that doesn't serve you anymore. Yes, you can let that thing shine brighter. Yes, that thing that you've always secretly hoped or wished or desired can be, you know, can be real, you know? So it's this energy of permission and I just freaking love it. I love it. You can tell I'm already started off with, uh, with a whole rant on how much I love it. So welcome to basically the next hour of me being like this <laughs> but okay right let's just talk a few hd stats about me and jay so that we can uh sync the hd nerds my peeps out there into into what's going on um if you're watching the video recording of this you'll be seeing at combined uh connection chart up on the screen but uh in short Jason and I are both generators. Surprise! You know. <laughs> In fact, our entire family are all sacral beings. So yeah. you can imagine all, all six of us are sacral beings. Uh, we have two mangens and four generators. I am a 6-2 emotional wave triple split generator. And Jason is a sacral... Uh, authority, uh, single split generator, and mm -hmm. uh, he's a 5-1. So they're at high level um, HD stats. And we'll be talking a lot more about uh, some of the makeup of those things. For those of you who are brand new to human design, what we talk about there is when I say I'm a generator, generator is a description of our auric fields. There are five different auric field types, and it's really just a description of how your energy flows in its entirety right like it's like the sum of all of you has a flavor is how i like to think of it and uh our flavor is all about getting lit anybody with that red square that you can see in the middle of of the chart and you'll see it on both jason's and mine uh, is all about getting lit it's about investing your life force energy uh, and what your life force energy is lit for out into the world. And 70% of the population have this. So you can see how our whole entire collective field is a little, little, just a little bit off, a little bit off, because we all receive this fabulous bit of programming that says you should do things. All right? <laughs> you should do things. Has it, have you ever encountered that? All the time. Yeah. In fact, Jason and I both have stories around doing things that we should. For me, mine was uh, become a conservative Catholic farmer's housewife and live in the country uh, being very proper and uh, breeding children and baking cakes. And you can just imagine how that went down uh, for my life force energy. Later on, it was to be a high-flying government uh, senior manager and run around with politicians, um, you know, making up rules. Now, just as a quick side note, my incarnation cross, which describes kind of like what your life purpose is, uh, has the theme of, it, mine's known as the cross of upheaval. It's literally somebody who says stuff, does stuff, is stuff that like annoys people, gets them 
uh, a little bit crunchy and uh, it's like the, the inbuilt rebel, you know, we're not meant to make the rules, we're meant to break the rules. So I've really lived in this beautiful way of utilizing my life force energy for shit that really, really wasn't for me. And, um, and the consequences of that, I talked a little bit in the intro about my dark night of the soul, but I, I literally ended up with a body that was wrecked. It was, I ended up with an undiagnosed autoimmune disease for three years spent my life sleeping, had depression, had a, a lot of addictions, both physical and energetic. So I was an alcoholic, uh, total love addict, completely codependent, you know, uh, it was, I was a mess, you know, that my life fell apart. And isn't that awesome? Because this is the thing, everything, everything is perfect. And I have gate 18 as my personality sun gate energy makes up that incarnation cross. It is like the tastiest, most obvious energy in my chart. It's both amazing uh, and incredibly irritating to other people, but it is this energy of being able to see what needs correcting. I have the uh, the ability to sense the off note in the tune, the, the wrong colored thread in the weave to be able to uh, be like, hang on, something's not quite right here and go mm -hmm. at it, right? And, and everything is perfect. So my life's uh, mastery, if we're talking about human design as a path to energetic mastery, has been about seeing nothing as wrong and everything is perfect. To being able to work through judgments that I have of better or worse or right or wrong or all of that stuff and come into this harmonious place of everything is actually perfect and so when you hear me talk about human design are you living it maybe but if you're not that's perfect if you're living in your what we call not self if you've got uh you know patterns running in your behavior if you've got a ego identity that you're super fucking attached to uh all of that sort of stuff if that's you that's perfect until it gets so irritating it get like it's like wearing something that's too tight on your skin or is an old style that doesn't suit you anymore something that you used to love eating but it just starts to taste yucky then that is when life comes along and says you're ready to play a new game you're ready to get rid of that layer and come back into a more harmonious relationship with something inside of you that is just like ready and set and uh wants to come out and shine yeah so you can't get it wrong you cannot get it wrong yeah now jason how about you oh what my past with yeah let's talk <laughs> uh, about this life well, force energy um i don't know i guess like the biggest parts were uh being in the wine industry for 14 years um it was very repetitive and boring and as a generator i guess i wasn't using everything that i could have been at my disposal personally um so being in the wine industry doing the same thing every day uh led to starting my own wine company which then also got boring which led to joining the army <laughs> and i was in the army reserves for eight years and uh somehow managing these three things with no time to actually live my life and do the things that i love uh because i was on that that rat wheel um however i did not have um, any tools or modalities or anything like that until a leg injury came yeah. about. <laughs> and so this is how the universe yeah. course corrects us, right? Like if you yeah. don't listen to the splenic pings, Jason and I both have a defined spleen. 
it's something that like speaks to us it's mm. like a little you know knowing kind of uh body awareness of what keeps you well and yeah. so jay almost lost his leg in a in a freak accident i mm. ended up with an autoimmune disease and that's because we didn't listen to this spleen telling us this is not the path to wellness this is not the path to wellness the spleen is also uh home to fear it's where fear lives in the system right and fear is great because fear is the gateway to the next level of the game the next uh the next part part timeline path uh that wants to take you on an adventure right but you gotta step through the fear so for me I was at this point where I just knew I had to break up with this dead-end relationship I was in but I just couldn't do it right so the universe did it for me because the fear kept me stuck until I was unwell. Mm-hmm. The unwellness was actually what took away any capacity for me to force my life force energy in the wrong direction. And then boom, through the fear, on my knees, but on the timeline, that was for me, right? Jay, similar story, yeah, almost lost same. his leg, was laid up, had to give up the hustle and grind that he was addicted to and like ended up on a path that led him sitting next to me talking heaps when he's supposed to be interviewing me yeah happy life very happy (laughs) life (laughs) now before we hand over to jay and let him answer some questions um let's just talk a little bit about i mentioned that i was a six two and he was a five one and what does that mean essentially uh six twos let's talk about i I mostly want to refer right now to the six the two and the and the one parts, right? See, this, because this is how we learn from life, and it'll give you a a good kind of anchor into yourself as well. We'll cover the the one that Jason and I don't have together too, right? Oh, actually, I think between us, we've got all all of them. So, ones are the people that need a lot of information. They love to gather information. They're the ones that when they like learn about HD and if it's their thing, they're researching everything on the net and they're in all the things and they've bought the book and they've bought all the other books and then they just sit there and they just like go down the rabbit hole. All right. That's the ones, the knowledge gatherers, the wisdom uh, finders. They just, they just get the info. All right. That's how they learn the why kids at school. All right. Twos, which is, so that's Jay, he's Mm -hmm. a a wealth of information. So in everything he's done, he's gathered info. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna be really interesting to see what comes out with his questions, because there's all this information floating around in there, (laughs) right? I'm a two, I'm a natural. I'm one of those annoying people that is just naturally good at things all of a sudden, right? Like, how how did you learn to do astrology? I don't know, I just could. When did, like, who taught you to read human design? I don't know, I just remembered how, right? really fucking irritating uh, to other people. Um, But we're also hermits. So we need a lot of space to remember. That's how we learn space to remember, right? So we tend to have these periods of retreat where we disappear so that we can remember some stuff and then we come back out and be like, hey, I got even better. Uh Ah, what'd you do? Nothing. And then it's like just the space. It's very irritating. These are the kids at school that get A pluses and they didn't even do homework, right? And they weren't listening in class either. Then you have the threes. Now I was a three because sixes are threes for the first 30 years of their life, right? Threes are the experimenters. They're the ones that 
don't wait for instructions. They don't do any research. They just dive on in. They're the kids that set their hair on fire with the Bunsen burner. Mm-hmm. I can see people are like, ah, here I am. Okay. I love my threes. I love my threes. Um, these are the these are the people that actually are the ones that find out all the stuff that the twos don't remember and the ones don't learn. Right? Because they make mistakes and they're like, oh my God, this doesn't work. I'll try again. And they find out all these cool, new, amazing things that nobody else knows. And so this is the fun thing about threes. Threes are also really naturally likable. Everybody loves threes because we really don't like people that sit on the sidelines and just either like spout information from the sidelines or the annoying people that just know stuff and can't can't tell you how they know it. We love the people that are actually into life, hands in, getting dirty, playing around with it, right? And then there's the sixes, which is me now. So after 30, uh, sixes go from a three into a full six. And sixes are what's known as our wise ones. These are the people that really take their experiences and they marry them together with observations. The sixes do something that in human design we call retreat onto the roof, where they hang out and they observe life. It's kind of like this sensation after you sat in return of like, what the fuck just happened? I need a breather. I'm just going to hang out here up on the roof and catch my breath and like look around and be like, where the hell am I? Um, And uh, so by doing that, they compare what's happening around them to what they've experienced. And they quite often come to these incredible, uh, profound pieces of wisdom um, because of the depth and the width of their you know knowledge gathering their wisdom seeking right but they don't hit their peak until about 50 so they're the ones that also have to master patience so i'm 40 i'll be 42 (laughs) this year whoa i'm a fine wine people i just get better with age right all right so that's that's the learning profile so you can take from that uh, a little bit of a little bit of info about yourself I actually think profiles are one of the most underrated things about human design right they really talk to you about how you show up in life and how you navigate life uh, not what moves you through life that's your authority but how you navigate life um, and uh, for the fours and the fives out there fours are the people persons these are the people that form quality relationships to have quality lives relationships are really important to them and fives are the the heroes that save the day people mm-hmm. they love to solve problems all right so is this like a compass type of thing not a compass so much because they can okay. come together in all sorts of different combinations yeah. right okay. you can have uh like a five one like you are but you can also have like a six three um Mm. and it and it can get really mixed up we've got a four two on the call people person who's a natural really these are the ultra ultra annoying people on the planet because they they just sit kick back and their friend friends bring them stuff and while they're kicking back they're just getting better and better and better right Mm. like how cool is that i want some of that yeah (laughs) um all right so i think that's probably landed people quite well into human design Mm. we talked about generators there are also manifesting generators these are people that are just like generators in terms of following up their lit desire Uh, but they have this other cool thing that manifestors 
have manifestors being these people that have this incredible ability uh, to have these surges of energy through their system. I call them the train drivers, right? They drive the train, they create momentum in energy. So generators, they lift the energy, they bring this good yummy energy to the field. Manifestors move energy in some way in the field. Uh, manifesting generators do both. They're the crazy dancers uh, of our society. And then we have projectors and they refine, tweak, and in, and in some way make more efficient and better the energy of the field. Um, group four reflectors. Reflectors are these gorgeous, amazing. When you see a reflector chart, uh, you will know it because they have no centers defined. Mm. None of those shapes are colored in. And these are our lunar beings in a, in a solar being world. And really uh, what they do is they live at the center of our villages and they reflect back to us all the deepest, darkest, most intimate uh, things that the rest of us uh, might be a little bit numb to because of all of our definition, all of our color, right? And they have this incredible depth to them. And they're very rare, 1% of the population. And then one of my beloved reflectors, who's also a human design reader, is on this call. So I'm just like staring at her face right now with a lot of love. Um, so I mentioned a few things there for freshies to human design. When I talk about centers, I'm talking about those shapes. They all have an energetic theme. You're going to learn a lot about them along the way uh, through this podcast series. Um, but just in a, in a quick nutshell, if you have it colored in, in your chart, you're here for the energetic mastery of that theme. If you, if it's white, if it's undefined or open now in official human design language, undefined is when you have it open, but there's still some little colored lines coming off it. Open is when it's open and there's no colored lines coming off it at all. I kind of use them either or it's not colored in all right it's where you're sensitive to the energy of the field around you when you take it in and you consume it and you alchemize it into something else and give it back out again all right so color is for mastery you have it for life it's your game to learn how like i talked about with my judgment to perfection path it's your journey to master this and move through the uh, the immature to the mature embodiment of that energy and give that out to the world. When you're open or undefined, where you're white is all about like tasting that in the field and mm, doing something with it for a short amount of time and then giving it back out in an amplified way. Now, the thing about uh, where you're open, where you're white is you feel that more strongly than it actually exists. And I think like, let's start here in terms of You'll notice in Jason and my charts, when you look at them, you'll see that there's a triangle on the side that are, are different. One's white and one's colored in. This is actually the solar plexus, right? This is the theme of emotions and feelings. Mm -hmm. This is a really great one to start with because the population uh, are about 50-50 in who has what here, right? When you have it defined, it means you have something called an emotional wave. So I have an emotional wave. 
and people that have emotional waves are people whose emotions and feelings um they come from within them so everybody of course has an emotion or a feeling when something happens to them all right but people with emotional waves just have emotions for no reason at all and it's actually what guides them in life it's their authority all right so anybody that has this colored in it's their authority and they get these waves of emotions different types of waves as well that and uh, that is actually just a an energetic sign to wait to not make any decisions to not do anything to not say anything just to wait to wait to wait and what that wave is actually doing is like an energetic wave through the system that gets rid of all the noise and leaves your system much cleaner than when it was found so that you can get some clarity find a spot of stillness and be like, ah, now I know something or I have a desire to do something or uh, I hear something or I see something I didn't before. Yeah. That's me. Now, if you have this open or undefined, you have emotions and feelings, obviously, because if somebody says, hey, baby, you look really cute today. It's gonna make you happy, right? <laughs> Something directly happens. But if you wake up in the morning and you're really sad, and there's no reason why you should be really sad, chances are you're sleeping next to somebody who's feeling sad today for no reason at all. And she might be feeling two or three out of 10 sad, but you may be feeling more like seven or eight out of 10 sad because you amplify what's happening in the field, right? This is the gift. And this is why reflectors are so freaking talented at finding the things that the rest of us can't find because they turn the volume up of everything, right? Mm -hmm. But in Jason, in my case, all my emotions and feelings, he, I can't lie to him. Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. And he's like, actually, you are very angry. And I'm like, actually, I'm not very angry. I'm a little bit angry, but you've turned the volume of it up, right? Well, well actually, I'll come back. <laughs> I'll come later. back later. <laughs> but this is a really great one because when we look at how we connect in the world, this is something that really comes into play. When we talk about energetics and the maturity of energetics, we're actually in a transition time at the moment of like the collective field really changing energetically. And it's actually changing to what in human design we call the cross of the sleeping phoenix, the energetic of the, the sleeping phoenix, which is all about the maturity of the solar plexus or spirit awareness, access mm -hmm. to our higher self through the gateway of emotions and feelings, right? So we're all here to dance the dance of coming into a more mature relationship with emotions and feelings. Now, for those of us who have it defined, the game is to increase your emotional bandwidth to be able to hold the wave of emotions that you are naturally designed to experience and learn how they serve you. For me, that was slow the fuck down, right? I was really sold into the hustle program and my life took me on this like slow down path right and giving permission for my emotional waves to do their thing 
was what allowed me to uh, to find a lot more clarity in my life and stop running around like a headless chook. Mm. Now, if you've got an undefined or an open like Jason, you're the ones that are here to uh, learn that it's not your responsibility to hold all the emotions and feelings. So people that have these open are our starting gate rescuers, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, oh shit, I've made her sad. Oh no, I've disappointed her. Oh no, that person is angry. So I'm going to do a couple of things. I'm either going to numb out so I can't feel it, high addictions. I'm going to become a codependent people pleaser so that only the, only the good emotions stay present, mm -hmm. right? Um, or I'm going to become a total uh, like hermit and I'm just not going to interact with people because it's too fucking intense and I'm going to be really victimized by the fact that I'm an empath. Ooh, ooh. Upheaval, yeah. Cross of upheaval, people. <laughs> sorry if I made you uncomfortable, <laughs> but not sorry. All right. So this is how, this is how the maturity of this looks is learning that it's not all fucking you people, right? But you're getting some great information about the field. How is the field today? Yeah. Oh, that person is like six out of 10 sad in my system. So they're slightly sad in their system. Maybe they're not even registering. How are you feeling today? Oh, I'm good. Really? Hmm. And just holding the space, holding the space, holding the space. And that person's like, actually i think i'm sad really oh okay they clear it instead of repress it or squish it away or let it fester and ta-da mm -hmm. they're five out of ten happy and you get to be through the roof happy right emotional alchemy that's what it's all about for the open or undefined peeps um, quite a game we've chosen for ourselves. Congratulations on incarnating at this time in life. We're all crazy. All right? Love it. All right. I'm going to hand it over to Jason and see what mm. questions he's got. And if something, you know, has pinged for you or pings for you, we've got the chat up. So, Jay, where do you want to take us? Oh, geez. Um... I haven't planned anything. I just thought I got so many questions. I can just ask them as I go. So first question is, um, let's just start with a big question. I've always wondered how human design works in the bedroom. <laughs> he said this yesterday and I'm like, really, we're going straight to sex. I, no, I haven't thought about it. Like what specifically I want to ask, but just like, um, obviously in, in the bedroom, there's this really beautiful dynamic and flow that occurs naturally. And I was just wondering like, um, if human design comes into it at mm -hmm. all, or if it's just, you know, yeah, attraction. it looks like, looks like the, uh, the ones playing along are also keen on this topic. Sex and sleep. So let's, let's talk about it. Yes. Sex. Sleep happens immediately. <clears throat> after. Yeah. So actually I think one of the, one of, <laughs> one of the people playing along, we were chatting about sex yesterday too. It's a, it's a great topic. So, uh, hmm. In terms of the theme of sex, sexual energy, uh, that lives in the sacral, right? That red square that we're talking about in the middle. Life force, vital energy. 
the core of life force vital energy is sexual energy because we all were created through sex right it's mm. the energy of creation and so it's really important for our life force energy to you know we can look at our relationship to sexual energy and really have a that's like I can never remember if it's the micro or the macro or the macro of the micro, but it's the little bit of the bigger thing, right? Sexual energetics, whatever's happening with your relationship to sexual energetics is really your relationship to life force energy, right? Um, and, you know, this is where we look at, um, you know, you as an individual. So when we look at sex and, and, the, and how that shows up in a connection, First of all, we have to look at it in terms of like our individual relationship to it in our own chart. If you have your sacral defined, what lights you up? Mm. What turns you on? Right? What is your relationship to being turned on? Like, and, and so it's really interesting because for a period of my life, I was really working with mothers who were not turned on, essentially. I was, walking, uh, I was working with mothers who lost themselves uh, and, you know, I look back at that work, it had a lot of rescuer kind of, you know, flavor to it. Um, and it was very masculine led, which is kind of ironic seeing as it was working with feminine sexual energy. But at the core of it, what I was uh, doing unknowingly to me really was like reconnecting women with their, their sacral, uh, with their life force energy, with their turn on. And so uh, if you're somebody who has that center, it's really about your relationship to your own turn on before anything else. Now, if you have this undefined, and this was the conversation I was having yesterday, does this mean that I don't have sexual energy? And I'm like, hell to the no, right? It means you can amplify sexual energy. It means it's not a hum for you, right? It's not so much about your turn on, it's about the way that you consume turn on, all right? And so if we look at this in terms of like what turns you on, for sacral beings, there tends to be like a breadcrumb path. The dots join. You kind of work it out as you go along. And like whilst it might change over time, is kind of like this sensation of like I'm following a flow for myself. For non-sacral beings, what turns them on might really ch shift and change through life, depending on what's going on in the field. And this is really interesting because these are the people that kind of have no barrier to their sexual energy, right? Because it's really about like, oh, if I'm hanging out in this kind of scene with these kind of people, this is what I'm into sexually. If I'm hanging out in this kind of scene, then, you know, my sexual energy moves a little differently. If I'm over here, then my sexual energy, it's actually like, kind of low and I'm in a I, I'm in a in an ebb instead of a flow and it's all energetically correct so you're really the people that take that energy in and play around with it remember alchemize it and give it back out so it's not that you don't have sexual energy it's that your sexual energy is very fluid hmm. right rather than this like steady hum in the system so that's when we look at at sex and sexual energy look at the individual first now when we look at it when that comes together what are we what are we looking at let's take this out to the whole of the human design chart then we can use jason and mine's as an example here right you'll see down the bottom it talks about that right right down the bottom it lists uh compromise channels dominance 
channels, companionship channels, electromagnetic channels. Human design's got all of these very fancy words and explanations for things. But essentially what that's talking down there is talking about where there's friction and where there's compatibility. So when you look at two charts and you combine them together, anywhere where they overlap, where there's like similarity is friendship. It's recognizing yourself in another. It's like, oh, I see myself in you in this way, right? Mm -hmm. So you'll see that Jason and I both have channel 1762 between a Ajna and the throat, the green triangle and the brown square. We both have that in full. So we both recognize in each other this capacity we both have to logically explain things, right? <laughs> We're just both very good at logically, oh, I get it. Oh, you. this is how I talk about human design. And people are like, oh, I understand it when you talk about it. It's because I have this channel of energy. Jason explains things to me and I'm like, I've never been interested in this, but I get it listening to you talk about it, right? Like, so it's that kind of energy. And we recognize this in each other. And it's actually a part of our chart where we're like, got a good friendship, right? It's not sexy time though, <laughs> all right? Sexy time happens when there's friction and friction happens where things are different, yeah? And so this is where, when we look down <clears throat> and we see, you'll see in Jason and my chart, our companionship channels is that 1762, what really what really feels yummy to us is these electromagnetic channels these channels where i have half of the channel and for those listening at home that don't know what a channel is a channel is like a flow of energy from one of those shapes to another made up of two gates or i call them energetic gifts your magic gifts so electromagnetic is when i have one and jason has one right and we come together and we're like, oh, it's my missing half. Yum. I love you. Right. So this is what creates like a bond in us because we're like, yum. Now, what about the compromise and the dominance channels then? Dominance channels are where he has all of it and I don't have any of it or I have all of it and he doesn't have any of it. Right. It can be very delicious because you get something that you don't normally hold. It can also be very frictionous because it takes you away from your, your natural flow, right? Compromise channels are similar, but are, it means that one of you has a bit of it, but not all of it. And so it's kind of like uh, the other person has all of it. And so they've got this whole flow going, you have a bit of it and you can borrow their other bit to get some flow going. But the way that they do the whole thing might be a little bit different to the way you do your little bit. And so you've got to kind of compromise on how the whole flow works together. That one's crunchy, right? That's the one where you're like, stop telling me how to do the things. Just let me do the things, right? Because they've got a way of doing it. You've got a way of doing a bit of it. But because they've got a way of doing the whole thing, they tend to like come in and be like, oh, look, I know better than you because I do the whole thing, not just half the thing. And you're like, shut up. I want to do the whole thing for a bit. Right. So you can see like friction can also be real sexy, too. Yeah. And so this is where it's like about learning your relationship to space. Because friction is yummy as long as you don't uh, lose yourself in that and that's been really my experience in my life 
and addicted to it or or you get addicted to it and you like become codependent on it yeah so it's about learning your relationship to space now you'll see in at mine and jason's combined chart there is no open centers left we're what's known and it's a nine and zero nowhere to go (laughs) sounds so dismal doesn't it Mm -hmm. what it actually means is that in connection jason and i could really very easily fall into a codependent kind of place because when we're together we feel complete all right except if we do that there's nowhere to go the adventure ends we just end up boring right but we're both generators so that's like uh our signposts that we're heading down a not self path and we're going to get all sorts of signals to shake things up so as long as we're aware of this tendency that we have where we could like quite happily settle into our little hermit cave and never come back out again especially me right now as a 6-2 on the roof I'm like oh peoples right um as long as we're aware of this then we can be conscious of it and listen for those knowings that our system our body splenic awareness me emotional wave jason his sacral turn on gives us that it's time for us to take some space feels like intuition yeah 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 and then that keeps that friction tasting yummy stops it from turning into like or for us falling into like a codependent sloth life right Mm. Um, and that is directly related in our sex life, right? So if the friction starts to get a bit like crunchy, our sex life will start to get crunchy. If we're, we've got a good relationship to space, then all of that familiarity on top of that friction creates for a really beautiful turn on in the bedroom, right? If we're falling into a codependent slump, we stop having sex we're like nowhere to go here so bored right and so the the bigger picture is directly related in with our sex life and we can play around with it now the other thing you can look at for sex life is this the solar plexus center because uh that is the center for passion and desire uh and feeding right so whatever you've got going on around your solar plexus center really talks about, um, you know, where where your uh, where your flavors for sex are gonna lie, right? Mm. And so you'll see that mine all head down towards the the sacral and the and the root. So I'm quite a physically embodied person with my. Uh, with my energy around sex. Jason's got one that heads up towards the throat. So he brings in this like um, um, uh, emotional expression into the bedroom. And then of course we, because they're completely different for both of us, Mm. uh, we amplify each other, which gives us like a really yummy, nice sex life. And then there's openness there as well. So we have got some room to move. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You covered the question well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Thank you. And I get it now. 
<laughs> so so when you say you know you're you're having the same style of sex like let's just say rough sex you're having rough sex all the time and it gets really crunchy and repetitive and and then you need something different or you need variety throughout. well i think i think people when they get stuck into ruts in their sex life whatever yeah. that might be is that the mind taking over and rushing yeah thinking? it's like you're okay. not self program right it's yeah. like you there's something in there around i mean we always come back to mm. you know your type and authority so for two generators if our sex life got really like stale in some way and repetitive and boring you'd be going okay well you know what's lighting me up and it might not mm. be spending time together so there's yeah. this thing where you, you know you feel like you should commit to spending more time together and working this out and like mm. having more sex and bringing the spark back into the relationship because that's what you've been programmed to believe will fix it mm -hmm. where actually what's lighting you up and turning you on is to get the fuck out of the house a bit more and and have some space and go for a walk in nature and hang out with your girlfriends so that when you come back in, there's uh, like a freshness and a cleanliness to your system that allows that friction to be tantalizing and tasteful rather than not. Um, somebody's just asked if I can speak about when a non-sacral non is amplifying a sacral, but the sacral is not feeling lit up. Yes, 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 yes. So this is really uh, like if we talk about life force vital energy, generators and manifesting generators have a huge responsibility to do what lights them up yeah they've got the ultimate game of like if it doesn't light you up say no mm. yeah yeah because if you are saying yes to a bunch of stuff that doesn't light you up you're putting out what i call fast food life force energy into the field that'll keep everybody alive but it's not exactly inspiring or lit or mm. fun or juicy or tasty or nourishing or any of those things yeah um and so the poor non-sacral people are just having to go around eating McDonald's all day long. And really what they want is a like amazing, delicious cook from scratch gourmet meal, but mm. nobody's serving that up. Right. And so for the non-sacrals, uh, like kind of what happens is you fall back into your not self pattern. You end up victimized by this. Oh, people exhaust me. Oh, I just hate it. Like, ugh just so drained and got no energy right instead of being this walking embodiment for like i want you guys to be lit so please say no please say no do you want to come to lunch with me and if you really aren't lit for it don't say yes i don't want you there mm. right instead of being like oh i really wanted to go to lunch and they said no Right. So this is like you can see, like it's perfect. We've been playing this fun game. Mm. So when we're looking at at sex, it's the same thing. If you're having not tasty, nourishing gourmet meal sex and you can tell that your generator partner is like not lit by life, be like, baby, I think we should like take a step back from trying to have good sex and actually maybe you go out and do something that you really fucking want to do. And like love them through that spot. Because if 70% of the population gets lit, all of these non-sacral beings are going to be real fucking happy about it. And there'll be a lot more good sex on the planet. Right? What about when both parties are non-sacral beings? This is a great question too, right? 
I feel like this whole episode is just going to be about sex, but hey, let's do it. No, it's not. I've got other questions. <laughs> We're going to run out of time. Is everybody okay oh. to just keep chatting? This is going to be the uh, longest podcast ever. We'll have to do uh, something else. Yeah. Um, side series. A side series, <laughs> a side quest into human design. Um, I'm up for it. No, we're going to record this episode. Focus, mm. people. Okay, look, this is his right arrow brain going down rabbit holes. Like, I'm left arrow brain, so I'm like, focus. All right, so here we go. Um, <laughs> when both parties are non-sacral beings, have a lot of permission through the, the ebb and flow, right? Sometimes it'll be hot, depending on what both of you have uh, kind of tapped into. So think mm. of it as like, you're the explorers tapping into pockets of energy and if one of you has gone and tapped into a good pocket of energy you're going to bring that home and it's going to get going right um if neither of you have tapped into a pocket of energy today you might be more of a mac and cheese evening right like it's it's just permission for all of it if the two of you both have this maybe say you've, you're splenic authority and you've got a ping that uh getting in tune with your sacral energy is like a really good thing for you to do in terms of wellness then where do you go to kind of tap into some good pockets of energy all right and bring that life force energy into your system to use and be proactive about it yeah this is about following your authority now if we take this back into very very simple human design language as long as you're following your authority all of your all of your desires wants you know things will be magnetized to you yeah right this is where human design is really feminine led you don't have to go out and get everything anything it all comes to you baby you just got to be living your truth mm. you've just got to be really anchored into your own natural energetics you've got to be uh holding that mastery in your system as much as you possibly can right now and being in approval of what what's not at the moment and being you know being con conscious and observant of who you're being in the world when you're doing that everything gets magnetized to you and so for two non-sacral beings are you following your authorities and if the desire for some really tasty sex lives within both of you you'll magnetize it to yourself you'll find that that you'll tap into that well that's gonna allow you to uh you know break the barriers of what's possible with sexual energy. How cool is that? Because there's no barriers with two non-sacral beings, right? There's no harm. It's like, oof, it'd be like a cosmic boom. Very exciting. And I've done readings for couples with that are two non-sacral beings and uh, they actually work in sexual energetics, right? Because it's limitless for them. The exploration can go everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Let's have a new topic. New topic. Okay. Um, okay. So I don't know if you can answer this one, but I have faith in you. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I discussed with you in the past about um, like people watching and learning from people and stuff. Um, I guess when you do a lot of work, identifying yourself, um, you then go on to uh, identifying how others work with you. Um, like whenever building a team or organizing something work wise or involving people in my business, 
um, can human design help you sort of relate to them better or work with them better or um, develop a team in a in a business? Yeah, of so, course. Does that yes. make sense? It's something called a, there's something called a penta. When you have more than mm. two people coming together, yeah. you can look at, uh, at, at their combination of all of their charts together <clears throat> and see what flows they've got between the throat down to the sacral. So uh, if you look at mine and Jason's chart, just so that you can get, like, get a gauge of what we're talking about here, it's those three channels that run from the throat, that, that brown square down to that diamond, and the three channels that run from that diamond down to the the red square, the sacral, right? Um, and you look at that and who, and what what your team, what your group has around that. That's one of the things that you can look at. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other things in relation to um, environments and arrows and all sorts of stuff. The answer is the the re, the, the really uh, high level answer here is. Um, you know, and there's specific energetic gifts as well around creating communities, all right, types of gift, energetic gifts for people that are really geared towards being good at creating, uh, creating groups and creating communities. Um, no surprise, mm. the ego center, that, uh, that little tiny triangle on the chart that's a different size to everything else, the ego center or the heart center, this is self-worth, self-love, self-esteem, worth and value. What is your worth? What is your value? A lot of gifts coming off of that that obviously play into uh, our reality and of how we connect. Also, you'll notice on my chart, it's my uh, main openness. I have what's what I call specific empathy. So does Jason. He has specific empathy in emotions and feelings. We talked about that. I have specific empathy around the ego center. Um, this means that I can see through performances and egoic identities. I can tell when somebody's putting on an act rather than uh, being the true authentic self. <clears throat> also means that I have had one hell of a journey around working out what the hell is worth and value. And I've done the whole gamut of being worthless, unlovable, nobody could ever want me ever to I'm so fucking good everybody get down and kiss my feet please like I've done the, I've done it all I've done it all mm -hmm. and it's my constant game because I actually don't have much of an internal radar around what worth and value is because what I actually know is that everything has worth and value and it's immeasurable to me I see the worth and value in everything and everyone and that's its gift its challenge is like if I can't measure it, how the fuck do I work out what goes where and who goes with who, right? It's not my gift. But for example, somebody that had gate 4037, these are the people that they come into groups and they naturally strengthen the groups because they've got the energetic gifts to be able to uh, be really nourishing and nurturing and also be nourished and nurtured. And so they formulate these, uh, these bonds with people and they bring out the best in everyone and they give their best to everyone. Uh, and the groups that they join become really, really sustainable and effective and long lived. All right. Um, and, and, and that's their natural gift, right? I can't go in and do that. I only got half of that gift, right? Yeah. And you know, these people, cause you're just like, 
you feel good when you're around them, those people, especially the more they've mastered that gift, right? They also tend to be the people that are over givers, right? And they don't, they don't listen to their inner authority telling them that it's time to, to give to themselves rather than everyone else. Mm. Yeah. Um, so there's lots in the human design chart that can talk about groups and how groups work. Um, and what your role is in groups, right? What you bring to a, a team. And always it comes back to, they call human design the science of differentiation, which is like part of me is like so eye rolly over that. I'm like, oh, let's take the fun out of it and call it the science of differentiation. Um, <laughs> boring. Take the magic out of it, jeez. Um, I'm so irreverent. Aren't I? It's terrible. This is why the human design community, I think, looks at me out the corner of their eyes with like this, like, uh-oh, um, she's coming. Uh, but really what it is, is it's about knowing yourself so freaking well that when you come into connection, because that's what we're here to do is create these weaves with each other. No, nobody's here to like never connect with anybody or very few people would be. But mm. we're all here to impact each other and, 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 and experience each other. This is the beautiful oneness of, of this experiment that we call having a life in a meat sack. Mm. Um, you know, it's about I know myself uh, and what I am and what I'm not, and I have full permission for that. And so when I come into connection with you, really what I'm coming into connection with is permission for you to be what you are and what you're not and we see what matches and what doesn't and what's missing and we can call that in and we don't expect things of each other that is not true yeah and that's an ever evolving game because you think you're something and then you realize oh that layer got uncomfortable <laughs> and no i'm not that anymore i told i told a client of mine two and a half years ago when I was like in this assassin stage, which was really part of this egoic identity of being like so fucking good. And I was going to slay the world. My teacher called it my scrappy survivor. If anybody's a gamer, I, I slayed at the game of rust, but in real life. Right. Um, and <clears throat> really what it was, was a protective mechanism against a just disgustingly gooey heart and lots of sparkly lip fun play energy that I had complete disapproval for because it felt dangerous to me. Because how would I survive if I just played and had fun and was lit and loving and, you know, where was all, what was going to happen? What was going to happen? And that was that open ego experience of people telling me that I wasn't good enough, coming back for another layer deeper of cleaning and clearing and letting go and coming back into my truth. <clears throat> so that's my most recent evolution is turning into a chubby care bear. It's great. You're not, you're not that chubby. <laughs> All right. How much time have we got? What, how, let's, have, let's, talk, let's talk for another 15 questions? before we hand over right, to I'm these I'm just going to chuck out two short, quick questions. Um, one question is, can you learn human design to the point where when you interact with people, you can roughly tell what they are? Never, without, no? never, okay. never. I can never guess people's human design okay. Cool. because they're usually not living it. Okay. Right. Even when somebody is living it. Is that <clears throat> society upbringing or what is that? Like what? 
Conditioning. It's programming and conditioning. We start getting programmed from the, the second we're born. And then, so if you look at a chart and there's two different colors on it, like an individual chart, it's black and, and red, right? Like the red stuff is stuff that uh, comes through before you're born. It's unconscious energetic gifts, stuff that you use and you don't even know you're using it. It's quite often, I think of it as really like, um, you know, ancestral wisdom, stuff that, you're, that your lineage or your past lives uh, taught you how to use right so in this lifetime you're kind of like I don't I'm not even thinking about using it because I've been using it for a while right um whereas the black stuff is the stuff that you came in consciously you're like oh I need these gifts in this specific lifetime right and so that's the stuff that you get really attached to and you kind of create all your egoic identities around right so fun we play such fun games as humans um but that means like when I meet somebody do I know what their human design is straight up. Sometimes I get like a an, an inkling of it. So if somebody's like, I'm talking to them and they're talking about something they love and they keep getting more and more and more and more excited, I'm pretty sure they've got a sacral, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, is the red stuff what we can see in ourselves and the black stuff? No, the black stuff is what we can see in ourselves right? The black stuff is stuff that we'll be familiar with in ourselves. The red stuff is stuff that we'll get more like in tune with as we go through our lives. Yeah. See, I didn't know I was a natural. The two, two in mine is subconscious, right? I didn't know I was a natural, not consciously for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And this is why I ended up going to uni and getting degrees and masters and training and whatever else and it was actually when i went and trained in human design with somebody and i sat through a very expensive course being like i already know this stuff <laughs> but yeah. i was like maybe i don't need other people to tell me again worth that i can do this right and this is why stardust has no certification to human design right people come into stardust they play around with human design they learn everything they need to know about human design, they come out the other end and they say to me, do you think I can be a human design reader? I'm like, How, do you feel like you can be a human design reader? Are you ready to be a human design reader? Because anybody can be a human design reader if it's true. If it doesn't light them up, if it doesn't turn them on, if they're, they're getting intuitive pings that it's not for them, if their egoic want isn't to be a human design reader, then they shouldn't be a human design reader because, like, why the fuck would you? But if they say if somebody has an ego authority, they come through Stardust and they're like, I want to be a human design reader. Do you think I can be a human design reader? I'm like, well, you have been given absolutely everything you would ever need to be a human design reader, so go play with it. Yep. Yeah. This like external validation is part of that open ego uh, program that we need external ticks in the box to be worthy of something, yeah? Defined ego people tend to do things before they're actually skilled at it because they're just like, I want to. <laughs> right? and, then, and then they're like, oh, okay, I better actually get a little bit more skilled at this or oh, I yeah. need to. I need to refine my technique or whatever it is, like mm. self-attune. Yeah. Cool. One more? Yeah. Okay. Last question is, um, we've talked a lot about, I've had a lot of questions like around human design itself, but I want a problem solving one. So of course it is. 
fucking vibes I love and solving their problems. Problems. Hang on. So, okay, let's say someone comes to you for your human design reading and they don't have their um, time of birth. Ah, yeah. What do you do? Yeah, I, st- I still do readings. Not all human design readers will do readings. What I'll do is I'll pull up a chart at intervals through the day of their birth and ask them questions. Things in human, you can't do... Uh, like if somebody's got a little bit of an idea around when they were born, the deeper you can go, right? But if they've got no idea at all, there's a certain level of depth that you can go to in a reading. Um, the profile changes throughout the day. So I'm a 6'2 uh, at mm-hmm. the time of my birth, but if I was born at another time during the day, I wouldn't be a 6'2, I'd be something else. And so I can pull up charts and I can ask people questions relating to that profile kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. and kind of like nut it down and give them what we best guess is their human design but there are some layers deeper particularly in relation to digestion profiles so human design can actually tell us like the way that we uh, consume food and digest food but also how we consume life and digest life it can tell us environments that optimize our energetic flow because it requires uh, minimal support and stuff um those layers get trickier the more vaguer the time of birth is because they change quite a lot hmm. but on on the heart like on the whole we can still do readings yeah yeah one more question ask me a question oh, about me about you and i'll tell you what my human design says about it what's um, something about me that you want to know what my human design says about it? <laughs> um something about you i want to know um when oh geez <laughs> i've asked you so many of them well you I can know the answer but these guys might not oh, okay so. um so so when you when you're uh when you got a busy day like a fully booked day with clients and in the mornings you get upset if I don't have a handle on everything, what is that just like a, like if everything goes to shit in the morning, if everything goes to shit in the morning, I notice that like your, <laughs> your world goes to shit. And I'm wondering, is that like something to do with your human design or is that just a yeah, thing? What? That's, uh, that's, that, I mean, there's a, there's, <laughs> yeah. do I have to give a better example? He's wanting to know why. Let me give I a better example. Why let's do, say, no, I don't no, get, no, let's no? go with this one. Okay. I got it. I got it. He wants to know why I crack the shits at him in the morning when he doesn't have everything like done to the, I, way, the well, way I want it. It's right. obviously because I dropped the ball, but just the dynamic, <laughs> the dynamic that plays out. Feel, sometimes I'm like, oh no, not again. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm really stubborn. I'm super stubborn, mm. right? Uh, like I have opinions, beliefs, and an inner knowing of the way that I want things done. It's my defined Ajna, right? And and what you're talking about is an immaturity in the way that I hold, like, you know, my channel of judgment, my my, my gate of correction, hmm. and uh, and my emotional wave, right? Um, the really interesting thing about mine and Jason's charts is I'm a quad left and he's a quad right and that's both rare right to be either one what I'm talking about are the arrows in our charts Mm. if you look mine all go left his all go right um when you have them all facing left you're somebody who's like strategic right it's like having a container really serves your energy we're not the spontaneous like change of plans people 
Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, I always say my my energetic body is like a slow rolling boulder. It's really fucking hard to get it started, but it's also really hard to stop it, and it doesn't change direction easy, right? Whereas <clears throat> Jay's a quadrite. Uh, quadrites are like the ultimate, like mysteries of of individuals right it's like who knows what's going to happen from one moment to the next because they're they're the receivers so rather than being strategic they receive moment to moment to moment information all right and then their system in the moment does something to in jay's case because he's a generator to respond to that information right Mm. so i like some forewarning he's happy to just work it out as we go along. Can you imagine if we ever travel overseas together, how that's going to look? It'll look beautiful. It will be great. (laughs) I will have an itinerary and he will destroy it. Right. And this is, so this is where it's like, have permission for what's true. So, I mean, me losing my temper is clearly like, (laughs) you you didn't yell. I just could tell you were agitated and I wanted to like take that experience from you. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is where like I fuse human design into a whole bunch of other stuff. And this is like, how good's your nervous system? How well nourished are you as an individual? Like where, where are you, where are you abandoning yourself and your truth? Uh, and you know, putting undue stress on your system so that when things happen, you don't respond from a centered, grounded, well-nourished place. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you did mention that it was on busy days. This turns to very busy day. Yeah. And this is a real lesson for me in terms of like, I come from that hustle program and I'm still learning to find my pace. I do love to overdo it. Yeah. And then Jay's experience and amplification of the irritation. That's right. So like, if I'm annoyed, I'm only a little bit annoyed, but he takes it as like, oh, fuck, I've pissed her off. I get flustered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I get flustered yeah. and drop the ball even more. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Take ownership of that. That's a good question. <laughs> it's All <a> right. <clears throat> well, in terms of the HD Embodied introduction podcast episode thank you everybody for joining and listening and i hope that has given you a beautiful anchor into what human design is how you can play with it uh and i can't wait to journey through each of the energetic themes moving forward with some really incredible women i'm uh like the recordings are just so rich and juicy and valuable and um and the women are just freaking amazing. They're some of my nearest and dearest. So I'm super happy to share them with you. So uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go and play. Go and have fun. Bye.